0: Welcome to the Art and Science Punks podcast, where two lifelong learners talk about art, science, engineering, technology, and lots of other crap. (laughs) I'm one of your punks, Kate Stenzinger, and with me tonight and every night is my amazing punk partner.
1: Hi, I'm Rob Stenzinger.
0: (laughs) So tonight, we are going to talk about Legos and learning. Mm -hmm. Has it changed? Has it not (laughs) changed? Is that good or is that bad?
1: Oh, nice. Everything is binary. <laughs> or is it?
0: <laughs> Ooh. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. What do you oh, think? That's cool.
1: Yeah, I I know. Yeah, that sound, sounds like a good premise. Good place to start exploring.
0: Yeah, because I think there's a couple of directions we can take that in. But this all mm-hmm. kind of started when we were um, talking about and thinking about our Legos and the Legos that we have and how much we enjoy um, building with Legos.
1: Mhm. Well, I'm, the current Legos seem to be very prescriptive, right? So I I have a a good number of of sets that I have um not well, I guess not that many, like a handful, like handful 5 6 or so well, I think that for- I that I have assembled in recent years like either solo or with our daughters or in
0: s- some combination. You know, some
1: combination, maybe start out collaborative and then, you know, depending on timing whatever. And then but you say, don't touch these the whole, mine. exactly. I get grumpy and I'm like, no, it's mine. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, it, but it's, it, it seems to me that, that the activity while re- really relaxing and I love oh, doing yeah. it, it's, it's very much a, um, like paint by the numbers.
0: Yeah. Follow directions. Step yeah. by step. I think one thing I was going to say about our Legos because we have—I um, wouldn't say a giant Lego collection—but we have mm-hmm. some some pieces, some Lego kits, some Lego sets. But they are all very, um, I'll say, carefully curated. Oh sure. I feel like the, the Legos that we have, although may not be great in number, are all things that are pretty meaningful to us. Yeah,
1: like we're we're excited about that. The well, and that, maybe that's part of it too. It's like the thing on the box is. Um, it's nice that it's made out of Lego, but I, but it's also that I'm a fan or I'm excited by what's on the box. And so, yep. um, we have a variety of, of Star Wars sets that, that I've, I've been excited about.
0: Right. I have a bike shop that I just adore.
1: Yeah. So it, and it's, it's a really cool set.
0: Yeah. Um, and I've also got my, um, Volkswagen camper.
1: Yeah. Did you, oh yeah, that one's in progress. It's in it? progress. Yeah. Yep. It's not done. Cause I just did, did a quick, is that, you know, like in the whole, like displays that we have set up but no no okay
0: yeah and so that's the other thing i was gonna say is so we're the lego people that we build them and then we put them up on like a display like up on a shelf
1: yeah i mean it's a shelf that um happens to be like built into the wall and we're like are we going to put you know plants garland there or garland or
0: <laughs> and we're like no no we're not gonna put garland there
1: yeah. So, I mean, so it's not just, um, so it's a, it's a set of, it, it's some Legos set across the shelf, which it's getting a little bit space, space crunched um, because we're only using like the flat bottom of the shelf. Right?
0: Yeah. No, we need to do some <clears throat> building. With we need it. to
1: somehow go up in the air a little bit. And, and that's, that's just a, a problem we have, haven't figured out yet.
0: And we've, but we've put some backdrops, right? We've got yeah. a mountain and we've got a mm-hmm. city backdrop.
1: Like and... colored silhouettes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so we've got those Legos that we mentioned. And then also the, we've got a whole series of Hello Kitty, um, which actually technically aren't Legos. They're Mega, Mega, Blo- Mega blocks. Mega blocks.
1: But they're somehow compatible with Legos, though. They are. You can mix and match.
0: Yep. And they um, work much the same way. Mm-hmm. So in thinking about the Lego display and our mm-hmm. Legos and the kits that we have, and I have this um, story in my head. I'll call it that. Hmm. Um, that, you know, Legos, at least when I was a kid, I never had a Lego kit as a kid. I know they existed, but Mm -hmm. I never had a Lego kit. I had, um, the hand-me-down Legos from my brothers, which were just the different colored Mm -hmm. bricks Hmm. and I could make like a square or like a rectangular, um, building shape with maybe a door in it. Okay. Okay. Possibly a window. I didn't have a lot of windows. That was always a bummer to me uh, oh. as a kid, as I just had the blocks.
1: What about wheels?
0: Nope. couple wow. wheels, couple wheels, but like maybe to make one, like four wheels.
1: I'm thinking that um, the previous owners might not have been great caretakers. Are you saying I they're, got they're, I
0: got the crap hand-me-down?
1: I think you might have. Because yeah, cause the old sets, uh, even when they were... The, the general collections. I recall them having <coughs> windows and wheels and...
0: Oh, yeah. I know they existed. I just know the <coughs> sets that I had access to yeah. didn't have some of those cooler parts. Okay. Um, but at sure any enough. rate, so the narrative that I have in my head is that it used to be all freeform. Again, my my bias, my experience. It okay. used to be all freeform. in here now,
1: back in the day kind of I know. premise. When
0: I was walking uphill. Yeah? Yes, to get my Legos sure. in the snow. um. And now it's this very structured kit with step-by-step instructions. And I've seen plenty of articles out on on the World Wide Web. (laughs) (laughs) In case you haven't been there, we can put a link to it on the show notes.
1: (laughs) Awesome. We'll link to the web. Perfect. Yes, we
0: will. All right. Um, That, you know, articles about, you know, oh, if you're going to buy these kits, then you should throw away the instructions.
1: Ooh, that sounds super! Like I know. Ooh. I'm a parent with a stance. That's I'm gonna, right. Yeah. I'm like, so, what do you think? Would you do that? Would I do that?
0: Because um, now our oldest has a uh, giant white dragon to put together.
1: Yeah. Well, i mean, okay, okay. So, at what granularity do we call foul on the per- prescriptiveness? So. Because there are instructions, could be one. Because there are instructions that relate to a concept I'm already attached to, right? Because oh, let's say sure, if these are right? separate things. Like, oh, I found a recipe for blank. Right? I want to build a windmill. I want to, and it's like, oh, here's a nice windmill, and I choose to follow those instructions.
0: Isn't there a website that does that exact uh, thing?
1: Yes, and it's I yeah I I guess I haven't uh, haven't gone to that level. Haven't had quite the.
0: Because I think you can plug yeah, in, like, here are experience. all the sets I have, and mm-hmm. then you can take it apart, and here are some more things you can build. Mm. We also, we have a, a big, thick book that has a lot of different ideas in it, too, like yeah. a Lego idea book.
1: Yeah, we, yes, we did do that just to have, just have something like that around for, for inspiration. Yeah, because uh, we
0: have plenty of stray Legos. And exactly, we do have
1: that cute. extra, that extra set of, yeah, enough stray Legos to, to do some things with. You can build a town or anything, but, uh. I should, a of,
0: I could try and build my house with the one window and one door that I used to build.
1: Build your sad childhood <laughs> Lego house, sure. That's that'll work. <laughs>
0: I'll do that. Well, and I'll put a I'll put a photo of it on the blog.
1: No, we'll get. We'll, honestly, it it deserves a special place on the shelf. <laughs> so we are inclusive of that. That experience. <laughs> my cabin. Mm-hmm. That's uh, fair enough. Uh, okay, so what, what granularity was kind of like what I was yes, exploring? Yes, I'm sorry. Like, where, were we wh- where do you call foul on like, hey, wait a minute, this is too prescriptive? Uh, because a Lego set that I recall getting that did feel pretty different. Like I would have to do a lot more reflection on the topic and research to to really triangulate. Because I remember there being a lot of plain Lego sets playing at friends' houses and stuff. I, rem- I remember having a few sort of regular city like. Legos but then at one point in my childhood I did get the the big spaceship the one that the in the Lego movie the little yeah. the, the astronaut guy loses his mind over the um uh galaxy explorer the galaxy
0: explorer yeah.
1: and that was pretty awesome yet it had pieces that were more prescriptive right where it had a shaped window like that you wouldn't find in any other sets it had like radar dishes and oh sure yeah, yeah things that I don't recall being available in any other set, so now they've they've sort of solved problems for me already. Yes, and
0: right. So you didn't have to figure out how can I make this angled window? Yeah, out of the, the Legos I have, or you know,
1: or approximate it. Yeah, you know, in sort of pixelated, well, blocky style. So I mean, where do you where do you start to cry follow? All, Then all the way up to then the current sets that that are really like going further down the path of the Galaxy Explorer. Where you have, um, I mean, any kind of beloved pop cultural thing almost that I can think of. Like, so we've we've gone to the, um, I mean, it's highly available online. Look at pretty much any retailer, whatever. But if you go to places like the Lego store,
0: love the Lego store.
1: Yeah, it's a super fun place. Uh, You'll find just. I mean, what, Scooby-Doo Legos, uh, various eras of superheroes Legos. Yeah. Right? The, like the 60s Batman has a set of things.
0: We have some um, Wonder Woman Legos. Yeah. We also have Duplos. We have Wonder Woman Duplos and oh, yeah. we have Batman Duplos.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and like what, Peppa Pig? Yeah. Uh, a few different.
0: That might be Mega Bloks again, but yeah, Megablock. we've got, I don't know, I can't remember.
1: <laughs> we... Peppa Pig got mega blocked (laughs) well Hello
0: Kitty got mega blocked
1: yeah there's some kind of licensing thing going on there yeah Um, so okay so So where um, when I see that and I I don't I don't mind it um, somehow I notice that like yeah this is pretty prescriptive but like it's still very enjoyable
0: but I also think when I think about learning right and how how do I learn something new how to watching the kids, how do they learn something new? Even watching you and and how do you learn something new? I feel like it it aligns, this kind of prescriptive, right? So Mm -hmm. I've got a Lego instruction book and I'm building my Lego thing. And it's helping me to understand uh, my bike shop, Mm -hmm. right? How to do different patterns in the Legos. Mm to make kind of different effects hmm,
1: okay. of
0: um, awnings and overhangs or even just, hey, this looks like brick. Or I'll be putting something in and I'll be like, why, why am I now doing a layer of this? That's kind of weird. And then it kind of comes together where it's the design of the building that gives it, I don't know if realistic is the right word, but more detailed feel. feel, feel more detailed feel. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. that's hard to say together. <laughs> <laughs> Tongue twisters. I don't know why. Okay. Um, And so then I could take that kind of into the next thing I'm going to build. It just, it helps me learn about how to do it.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's, I think you're really hitting on why I don't find it like discordant, annoying, frustrating, um, impeding in any way. Where you have the prescriptive learning, the prescriptive experience helps you gain you' you're getting some kind of um, you're making your own connections and your relationship to those instructions then that experience is now something you get to carry forward with you and refer to later on when you're making something right that's um,
0: well, it's cognitive theory, right okay so it's it's taking something that you've been kind of told, but it's not really truly your knowledge or your experience until you use it, right yeah. until you have to construct. Um, an idea, a thought, an answer, um, until you have to use it, then mm-hmm. that is um, where that learning comes in.
1: Uh, so I might not
0: have the theory exactly right. I,
1: no, I think I'm following you. But, and, and I've read similar things. And it's, it's, this isn't like, you know, so we're re- remembering things that we've read and all that kind of yeah. stuff. This isn't like hardcore research. It's uh, This it's, is not it's a lecture. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, because that does... That, that does align with um, things I've read to help me prepare good learning experiences for workshops. Right. Oh, absolutely. I want to make sure yeah. that I'm not just telling and being a sage on the stage. I want to be, you know, Ooh, here's like an interesting that. question and, you know, sage on the stage sage on the stage versus nice. guide on the side. That's the, that's the, full, <laughs> that's the full, full rhyme uh, stolen from uh, stolen from an old friend that uh, we actually saw him give a talk uh, that, um, I just ran across my notes on this recently, uh, because of just digging through, like spelunking through my Evernote, and whatnot. Anyway, that's Sean Dicker's. Oh, sure, a, uh, Sean's talk. He yeah, does such a great a, job. Yeah, he's a uh, he's been a like a school principal and a teacher, and I think he is a professor or, or at least an assistant professor in in like game theory. So yeah.
0: excellent, good for Sean. Shout out to Sean.
1: Yeah, rock on, Sean. And okay, so. Let's see. So
0: I'm thinking of associating it with how we learn, right? So I think yeah. this Lego thing is, is fine. I think everybody should take a deep breath. I don't think you have to sh- throw away your Lego instructions.
1: You were setting me up to throw it away though in the beginning. I know. You're like, oh, it's prescriptive, and then you know, there's a movement I'm like I'm supposed to get off my butt and chuck nope. my instru- no. Okay.
0: I do. I mean, that's just my hey. This is, and you I'm know, being silly because one- obviously
1: I'm not. I'm going to build my Millennium Falcon. Right. Nothing's going to stop me from putting that 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 set together, gonna. and it'll be. I'll follow the instructions. Right. And I'll feel awesome about it.
0: And I'm going to build my van. Your my van, hi- my hippie van. You sound
1: deflated. What's up? No, I'm excited. Hippie van. Okay, cool. No, I'm excited. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna build it. I got to get it done. That one's just been kind of lingering a little bit. Mm. I got the engine built. Nice i wouldn't have been able to it's do that the garage, with garage
1: it's up on blocks
0: <laughs> i wouldn't have been able to do that with the the set i had as a child yeah. and that's the other thing that you said like there's literally like engine parts you so know cool. and like a little rubber band it's cute
1: and and well like like any sort of uh you know creative endeavor or project or pursuit yeah it doesn't always fit in every day so what can you do right, right?
0: Absolutely. So, hey, I wanted to ask you, um, does this relate at all how you learn, right? So I Mm -hmm. said earlier that to me this makes sense because it's a a big part of how I feel like I learn things. And I know I've shared a thousand times on on this podcast um, about sewing. Mm -hmm. And same thing, like I have to have a very full set of instructions when I sit down to sew something the first time. Mm -hmm. Once I've sewn something once, then I feel like I can take more liberties with, oh, And we talked about this in the last podcast. I'm going to change that zipper. That's stupid. I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to do it this way. Or, oh, now I'm going to take and make this same thing, but I'm going to make it half the size or I'm going to make it bigger or whatever.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you're describing having enough experience to then uh, like uh, analyze, decompose, recompose someone else's recipe for accomplishing a a given outcome. and uh, Which I think
0: is a really strong way of learning. And maybe that's mm -hmm. just a way that I learn well. And so I guess that's my question to you is, does this relate to kind of your preferred method of learning?
1: My preferred method of learning? Uh, Yeah. I mean, my preferred method of learning is overall experiential. I do learn well by listening and also watching others, you know, put things together. Yeah,
0: you are actually an excellent auditory learner. I am not. um, I need to see something.
1: Yeah, well, and it depends on what I'm trying to learn. If what I'm trying to learn is purely um, like thoughts and analysis type stuff, then mm-hmm. then that's not a problem to, to for me to absorb in in audio. I get some kind of comfort of familiarity if it's sort of a um, like a construction or physical skill task, but it doesn't like give me the knowledge to really fully go through with that. With that, so you um, you
0: wouldn't listen to um, an audiobook on how to build a house and then go build a house or,
1: or like even soldering or something. Right. Oh it's, sure. Yeah. That would be, that wouldn't really uh, give me confidence. Okay. So how I learned is, um, I like to find some kind of approachable way to, um, to proceed and get experience with something. So that can come from a blog article. It certainly can come from YouTube videos. I've, um, Another uh, journal entry I came across recently, while well, spelunking my journal, yeah. was uh, how I actually, um, let's see, what did I? Do? I fixed our, our a toilet in our old house. Yes,
0: you right? did. I have photo proof.
1: <laughs> and uh, I mean, and that is not. I mean, and I've lived so much of my career in practice and whatnot, essentially creating two dimensional art. Yeah, physical media here and there, but like that's the furthest I've, I go in physical media overall. It's typically digital, and it's you know, different kinds of things I, I've, I've done there, but like physical world toilet. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's not like, Oh no, I'm, I'm too good for that. It's just alien and, and unfamiliar and yet seeing someone and especially maybe a couple of different people because yep,
0: watching a couple of different, different
1: vocabulary, different teaching styles. And then I'm able to, uh, start to just push myself forward, even though um just to get just enough confidence and this is sort of a meta skill where where learning and applying what you've learned is i realize that when you've practiced doing that enough it helps push through this sort of um resistance or or, or difficulty or ambiguity of like what if i mess up what if i um because it it's like you you i i, I tell myself i can't actually um, I don't know if I've if I've gained this knowledge until I try to experience it. So I try ah, see to see that
0: goes back to my cognitive theory. It totally, yeah, absolutely fits right in.
1: Yeah. So is this how I learned? Yeah, some kind of you know structured way. And then for me, it depends on. I'm reminded of the Dreyfus model for skill acquisition. Um, Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> Mr. Holland's Opus, and no, I don't know. I got <laughs> anyway, nothing. Tell yeah.
0: me. Tell me, Dreyfus model.
1: Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> that's funny. Is that's the mimetic I use to remember the Dreyfus model for skill acquisition? I'm like, what's that actor? What's that actor? <laughs> uh, because it always escapes me. But um, but if I use that, I remember. And so, the Dreyfus model for skill acquisition is a way to look at sort of five stages of um, of expertise and skill. Sure. So if you look at like level one, I'm going, I'm going totally from every memory here, but it's like novice and then, um, all the way up to expert, right? So one is, one is novice, five is expert. And then at one, um, you might be able to accomplish the the task with a lot of support and guidance and what have you. And, and essentially you go all the way up through, up through where you're starting to then, um, being able to um, recall all the rules and what have you until okay. till you, until the point where you're making your own and you're able to, like, right, essentially extend the knowledge in that space.
0: So where so extend the knowledge in that space. So then where would teaching fit?
1: Uh, I think somewhere around four, four okay. or five is when you like five. You're yeah, you're you're good to to teach. And because uh, I always think
0: that's another great way to reinforce learning. Right, is to to teach it. Oh my it.
1: gosh. Yes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that, so I just wasn't sure if that was specified in the model you were speaking of. Mm,
1: I forget. <laughs> that's all right. I was just <laughs> but curious. Yeah, it's it's a it's a handy reference and it's not, um, let, let's see, there's a few different takes on on that model, but it's a model. It's a way to get your head around the idea of, oh, okay, what is learning? What is gaining a skill? And it's a nice um, thing to refer to where you think, am I, do I have to refer to things a lot? Do I, right, or do, do I, you know, I just, I never need a manual anymore to like, well, now I'm just inventing and stuff because I feel so comfortable and, and How many times capable. would you
0: have to build the Millennium Falcon and Legos to be able to
1: do it without instructions? I don't think it's that specifically. It's more like, well... I know. I just thought it'd genuine. be a fun question. <laughs> I, I don't know. Probably a lot because that would be ju- essentially how often would I need to do it to build my Millennium Falcon? Uh, Probably zero. Well, that's what I was going to say. I bet you could do it. If it's in a contest where someone's saying like, how accurate was Uh, I based on this particular model? And uh, I imagine I would have to practice a lot. See, I think
0: you could do it after one. You think so? Yeah, I think if you did it once, you'd at least get pretty darn close. I don't know why I think that about you, but I do.
1: Well, that's really kind. I don't know. Um,
0: (laughs) Okay, okay. so let's talk a little bit about, um, I'm going to just completely kind of hit you out of left field now, sorry. Um, Talk a little bit about unity and coding. Because to me, having watched you um, practice and learn some of this unity coding stuff, I feel like there's some parallels. At least for my brain, there's parallels. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you want me to share what I think those are?
1: Yeah, I yeah. Give me, give, give me a jumping off point.
0: Okay. So when I talk about, right, my little Lego land and my little Lego theories, you know, so there's instructions and I have to follow the instructions. But then once I do that once or twice, I have the confidence and I understand kind of some more of these detailed concepts to be able to build my own thing. Mm -hmm. And now I know what to do with that goofy angled window and I'm going to build a different kind of ship instead of maybe instead of a spaceship, I'm going to build a
1: helicopter.
0: Okay. Roller coaster?
1: A bulldozer. A bulldozer, yeah. Yeah.
0: But I could use that. Oh, hey, I know how I could work this window in, and I know how I'm going to build the supports for underneath and above, and how I'm going to work this. (laughs) Whereas I see you with a lot of the different coding pieces that you work on, you start with code samples. Oh, yeah. And so you kind of take the code samples, and you'll change a few things in the code samples, and you'll work with them. Um, And then eventually, kind of until you can make it your own, and then go from scratch or, and I guess probably moving up that hierarchy that you were talking. I don't know if it's a hierarchy, but that learning model you were talking about with.
1: I'd the, say, yeah, it's kind of, it's a ladder. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Am so, I
0: off my rocker? So that's, that's
1: your, that, no, no. <laughs> not, yeah. I think your impression is pretty accurate. So um like much like a, you know, I'm trying to repair the toilet or something. I have some kind of outcome I want to get to, but I don't have the skills necessarily to, to get there or Um, and then, okay, no, there's another dimension. There's the, um, have I done similar things and can I, can I, um, get a boost based on, um, related experience. And so, yeah, I've coded a lot. Right. But, but yet the unity environment is really different and it's amazing and it's awesome. Like the, the kind of thing, like you can do two dimensional games, three dimensional games Mm -hmm. and it's not, it's a, and they're just All there, all that capability is with you at all times, which is wild because like you could be working on something in two dimensions and click the three-dimensional perspective and see that you still have this 3D engine if you wanted to. Oh, wow. Yeah, It's
0: like a button click?
1: Yep. And there's a lot of Unity that's very visually um, and, and user interface driven that then you glue together and create different behaviors with code. Wow. So it's an amazing thing, but yet it's a, its own sort of toolkit and approach to um, making interactive experiences. And, um, and I resisted it for a long time. I was a I I I I think I, I was pretty good with Adobe flash mm-hmm. and that's like the closest thing I can compare to as far as like an environment to unity uh, from my experience. And uh, let's see, I'm trying to not wander off too far from your question. So, <laughs> I'm just describing how essentially I was like, yeah, I think it's learnable, but it's pretty different because their take on like how they glue things together and how you, but put you stuff, have a lot of similar environment is, is different.
0: Yeah, you have a lot of similar experience to which to build your your knowledge base off of. So, yeah. um, you've already built things with Mega Blocks, and now you're just building yeah. with Legos.
1: Sure. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, some
0: of the pieces are going to fit together.
1: Some concepts are very portable, yes. And uh this let's see. So going into unity with the it's accepting like, okay, this is I really do think I I'll get the outcomes I, I'm desiring because like I want to get to the platforms that this play that, that unity can reach. Yeah. I want to have that sort of um nearby capability of going from two dimensions to three dimensions and very cool once i get comfortable in unity we'll explore that and it's just it feels like a good longer term play mm-hmm. as opposed to just sticking with my current approach
0: well and you've done a lot of research
1: and so then with that buy-in i'm, I'm like okay now it's time to start climbing up the the learn, learning curve how can i do something basic in this because i i'm familiar with if i ch- try to you know build this uh, a giant complex thing all at once i'll be stuck and confused because right you know it's it's very disheartening to not make progress when you set your goals to extreme
0: absolutely i mean you you need to have something to help move you forward and have those kind of uh, positive reinforcement along the way
1: yeah 100% and so what good i good learning Yes, and so what I had in mind is like, what if I just ported the game Underwater Tomato Ninja to Unity? Nice, and then um, see what I learned from there. What else? What
0: you have to share? What Underwater Tomato Ninja is because I bet so, everyone doesn't know.
1: <laughs> so, Underwater. Tomato I mean, Ninja. I'm
0: guessing most people have oh, played yeah. it. Oh yeah, it's
1: a, it's like a you know it's the number one jam across the world. <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a My game number one jam. It's the it's a bit of a like a demo game where, or where there's so many things that it could do, could be, you know, add, that, that could be added to it. But that's part of the point where I included this game, underwater tomato ninja with the ebook I made ca- um, called, um, uh creative code kit yep. under underwater tomato ninja edition. And this game is, it's like a 2d um, single screen experience where you're a ninja and you're underwater and then tomatoes come at you and they can hurt you. And they're different sizes, and and they're kind of you know, bopping around on the ground. And but you can jump on them and squish them to you know to stay alive. Nice. <laughs> and you know, too many tomatoes hit you, then boop, you're gone. Spoiler alert. Yep, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, there. That's that's. Um, but there again, that's really another
0: another example of exactly what we're talking about, right? So you built that code, sample, you know, code samples, if you will. Um, For people to not have that fear of creating games, creating Mm -hmm. video games, and to be able to take something that works and make small um, changes to it Mm -hmm. to make it their own, whether they're going to swap out the art or they're going to swap out the sounds um, or they're just going to speed the game up or slow the game down or or however they want to do it, but just to get more familiar with creating and building games. So, I mean, it's kind of exactly what my whole point of this topic is so (laughs) we should have started with underwater tomato ninja
1: no 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 it's 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 a nice example it fits in well yeah it does we're yeah that's that's uh
0: and then now you ported it to unity like this is so meta my mind is just like blowing up right now (laughs) because then you ported that
1: i wish it was past tense i'm still working on it in it's i'm still working on it yeah so far um yeah still I have, um, I'm figuring out the ground and the collisions and I have, um, the, the parallax scrolling water working. So nice. lot, lots to do still, even to get to that basic game, but yet it'll, it'll be, um, okay. So with that, with that goal in mind, I am consuming different articles and whatnot. Yep. And, and, uh, in videos, there's a lot of good learning, um, resources shared, at unity uh th- unity site unity unity 3d.com but then of course uh, uh, lots of folks on youtube throughout the years and so i'm consuming things from from these different angles and i'll put it on in the background sometimes or i'll put it on as my main task depending and then just uh chip away and try to make progress and then it can be um it can be uh a mixed bag because sure um I know that I, I, I believe in chipping away at small tasks to make progress and get my vocabulary built with this new tool, but yeah. yet I, I can look at other other avenues and say, oh my gosh, this, I could have been done if I, <laughs> if I would have just gone this other route that's more familiar. But anyway, I still believe in the, in the long term for that.
0: Absolutely, and I think there's more satisfaction about learning this new thing and building it.
1: And, uh, it, it reminds me too where like, you can take the prescriptive thing and you can engage with it different in different ways. Like someone might've put a YouTube video out there for their own reasons, but then your reasons for consuming it and what you do with it, that knowledge, um, you know, maybe you're digging deeper on a, a concept that's slightly related or, um, maybe, You know, they're describing how to make a certain game, but I'm not making that game. I'm making my own game. So I'm kind of combining and remixing these different resources. So as a learner, you've got, you know, options.
0: Absolutely. And as a Lego builder, you do too. (laughs) Right? You can do the same thing.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: All right. I'm not going to read any more of those articles that tell me I have to throw all the directions away. I'm good now.
1: It's it's uh well, you know what? You're breaking out of your info bubble by by doing that. You have yeah. people having this counter perspective.
0: Yeah, there is um, actually there's um there is a single research article that did pick up and get some press um around that the Lego instructions make people less creative. And it was kind of frustrating me that that's out there um oh, sure. cuz it was one article and some of the, you know, I mean, you do a research study and I get it. I've been there. Um, you know, when I was in college, I had to do that that kind of work, mm-hmm. um, and they had some interesting findings. But the sample size is pretty small, um, and it was all very immediate, right? So, give them a Lego task that was either you know prescriptive or non-prescriptive, and then give them immediately after some different tests. Yeah. And some of them, I was like the universal test of her creativity. Do you know what that is?
1: What? There's a universal well, test for I creativity.
0: Uh, it was something along those lines, but it's basically the, um, list the number of things you can do with a paperclip.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. That's sure. A, it sounds like a Google, Google interview question from the early 2000s, <laughs> <laughs> which I think they've grown beyond.
0: That's funny. Yeah. I yeah. can't remember. I don't know. They, it was, it's or basically Microsoft, a standard, I mean, classic. a standard test, uh, like, with this like paperclip.
1: Um, oh gosh they like they would ask you um oh how many how many manhole cover or how many piano tuners exist in such and such a city how many piano tuners exist in san francisco right
0: seventy three
1: why would you say that
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why would you ask me such a question
1: well, because i <laughs>
0: Speaking of interesting interview questions, somebody in my office, we talked about this last time, me and Uh, my interview questions, but this is somebody else in the office was frustrated because they were asked in an interview, if you were a fruit, what kind of fruit would you be and why? Uh, And they were super frustrated because they're like, if I said this, would they hire me? And if I said this, would they not? What are they asking?
1: Yeah. And that's okay. Which I think this all does relate to to the point in a way because- like like, what's your intent for this and like how are you using it and that that's what the, the more meaningful thing is and uh, if you're using this in an interview uh, you should probably check yourself before you wreck yourself
0: well what's funny is you <laughs> know I have had candidates where I ask some strange questions <laughs> and I've asked candidates um, hmm, hmm, hmm. or candidates have asked me you know when I let them ask questions at the end mm-hmm. you know um, what information are you looking for with this question? Basically, oh, why nice. did you ask that? And I can Greatly. back it up, right? Yep, like yep. I'm not gonna, you know, know why? Yeah, so yeah. I know exactly why. So it le- it's led to some very fascinating conversations around. Well, here's some of the values or traits that I'm looking for, and here's some of the things, you know,
1: yeah, and the, the way of evidence. Yeah. I imagine that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, sorry, I've wandered a bit stuff. off the path.
1: No, not at all. Not at all.
0: I think we've uh, covered our topic though today. How do you feel?
1: Yeah. I feel good about it.
0: All right, should we move on to picks? Okay. Why don't you go Let's, first with your art pick tonight?
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, my art pick is uh, okay. Is
0: it? Let me ask first. Is it one pick or is it several
1: picks? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I know it's one pick. Yay! I feel like making it more picks.
0: I, I know, know. I, I knew think. you would if you I
1: just, asked. You know how to make me, um, you know,
0: pushing buttons over here.
1: You know, I pushed a button. So, it's uh, the the Metropolitan Museum of Art has this sort of um, this section on their website that is the um, that that's an image collection of the things oh. in their in their collection. Uh huh. And I my pick is a subset of that where it's essentially the public domain images in that collection.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty awesome resource where you think about. Um, they have a a nice wide swath of human history and a variety of cultures and all sorts of like metadata that you can search and filter. And like, that's a public domain image that you're finding.
0: That's fantastic. Which is incredibly
1: generous and awesome.
0: That is. How long has that been there for a long time?
1: Uh, A few months, I think. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And so like I've, I've used this to just, um, sometimes just do, um, creative process things like just go like oh uh, i need to go think about an icon and i need to design something for for an app oh, and sure. i'm going to do a search for um mm, let's see uh busy or figure or
0: oh interesting and then know, these images so they've tagged or, all the images
1: yeah exactly lots of tags you can you can search and filter it's it's um and it's i It's escaping me how many images, but it's a lot. It's a lot. Yes.
0: Fantastic. Oh, I'll have to check that out.
1: Yeah. So again, that's uh, the Metropolitan Museum of Art uh, Public Domain Image Collection.
0: Nice. I like it. What is your pick? I have a science pick tonight. Mm -hmm. And this is is actually a YouTube video um, from 2009. And in our house, it's known as the virus video. (laughs) <laughs> so in 2009 NPR did a um a story um basically where their um NPR's Robert Kulrit, Kulrit which I'm not going to say that right um met with a medical animator so this medical an- animator had done this very cool video on um how viruses impact your body like how they mm. attack cells and and make you sick And I don't remember how or why we had stumbled upon this video, but it was when um, our oldest was probably, I'm going to say three or four, and was sick. Mm -hmm. And we watched this video, and ever since then, if she ever gets sick, the very first thing that she says is, I want to watch the virus video. (laughs) And it's all this animation about, you know, this virus replicating in your cells um, so anyway, we'll throw up a link to that. It's it's fascinating. It's a pretty interesting one. It's a short little video from NPR.
1: That's an awesome pick.
0: Thanks. I know it's kind of a fun one. We've um, we've watched it so many times. It's kind of got a little a yeah little I mean, history it's, for it's us. A, it's
1: a durable one. Like that's yeah. It, it's rewatchable and you know, there's it's also, educational.
0: we'll put a link in the show notes. So there's also a, um, a link to NPR's um, website about um, about the, the video and the, the, the article. And it's funny because they give you a little bit more information, um, about why it was made, how it was made. It was made for actually a company. And, um, they talk about in the video, if this is always happening, why don't we all just kind of fall over dead, right? If the, your body's constantly being attacked by these viruses yeah, and they give kind of a I don't know, a really kind of short, brief answer as to why we don't all just fall over and die that i that's never quite sat well with me. And it's funny because on the NPR page, they address that. They're like, here's a better answer to that question as to why, <laughs> you know, the viruses don't just take us all out. Um, and so they give that in the article. So I'll put a link to both.
1: That's okay. So the, uh, I, I'm really curious to check it out because I'm imagining something like, you know, well, you better take care of yourself.
0: Well, no, it's something in the video. It's something to the <laughs> effect else. of, um, well, your immune system is really working hard. You know, like your immune system just tackles all these viruses.
1: Okay. Uh, nice. yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So they kind of, it's like, hmm.
1: Yeah. Don't, it, don't they, you get some rest there, immune system? Keep at it.
0: Yeah. So they give you some more information on the, on the, all on right. the website. That's all right. Awesome. That wraps us up for today. We are the Art and Science Punks coming to you each, each week with stories of art, science, and creativity. And oftentimes stories of struggles, even success, how we balance our personal passions with work and family.
1: Art and Science Punks has a blog at artandsciencepunks.com. And on Twitter, we are ArtSciencePunks.
0: And you can find our podcast at artsciencepunks.fireside.fm or on iTunes, where we would, as always, appreciate your five-star rating. Thanks, and you can tweet me at Kate Stenzinger on Twitter.
1: And I am Rob Stenzinger on Twitter. Shut it
0: off. Shut it off. Shut it down. Damn it.